my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Kia ora and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where I am kicking it with my old man, and we are going to be reacting to the All Black squad that was named today ahead of the tests against the Irish in the Steinlager series. But before we get the show on the road, I have to once again plug the crew that I've partnered up with, that being Sports Fuel, and for my listeners, they've hooked you guys up with a discount code. So go and check out their website, that's Sports Fuel. And remember to use code CWK to save yourself some coin. But cracking into the show, before we get to the team and what we made of it, how have you been, Dad? And I asked my mate Nick Higgity what he thought of Super Rugby last week when I had him on. So do you want to say your piece here? Oh, no, mahi o tama. Um, oh, it's, it, it just doesn't seem the same without the South Africans. But it is what it is. What I found really interesting is like over the weekend, you know, like, so you can sort of see, because they play in the United uh, League with the Irish and the Welsh and all that. And I can see there's two South African teams in the final. Um, so that's either a really good uh, endorsement for Super Rugby, or maybe that league's not as strong as we thought it was, maybe, my, maybe with the exception of those strong provincial Irish teams. But, yeah, I, I, I think... In hindsight, we're really missing the South Africans. But yeah, it is what it is. And then what about Super Rugby? Obviously, we're waiting to see who gets crowned champions this coming weekend. Um, I mean, have you liked what you've seen from the Blues? Do you think that the Crusaders like the position they're in going into this weekend? Are you disappointed with how the Highlanders and the Hurricanes went? Did you think the Chiefs were a chance last weekend? Chiefs had their chance. They just went clinical. But you've got to give it to the Crusaders. Um, they were very impressive on defence, and I guess they took uh, the few opportunities they had. So I think they'll be quietly confident coming into this weekend. And I think the Blues will be a little bit apprehensive because I think they dodged a bullet last weekend. Um, as far as the others are concerned, the Chiefs, I think they missed McKenzie big time. I mean, obviously, he was a key reason for why they made the final last year, you know, just in the, the Aotearoa one, but he was a big loss. Yeah, if they'd been a bit more clinical, they could have really pushed the Crusaders, but, yeah, as, as opposed to the Hurricanes and the Highlanders, yeah, um, a big drop between the, the top three and the bottom two. But the ones that probably disappointed me the most was my Highlanders. Uh, if anything, they've gone backwards, especially in their back play. Although I, I think a huge gain they got this year. Um, and I think moving forward, he'll be a real weapon for them. Is, uh, is it Thomas or Peter? Which one's on the place for Highlanders? Thomas. Thomas, he was pretty good. I mean, considering he's sort of been out of the picture for the last few years because of injuries, but um, maybe if the Highlanders are lucky enough to maybe sign up as twin brother, I think they could be pretty lethal in the in the midfield. So, you know, I guess going back to the days when they were at school and that when they were almost beating teams on their own, just the two of them. So 
I think, watch the space for maybe the Umanga Jensen twins. Yeah, I unfortunately don't have anything to add there. But yeah, I, I, I think the way that the Hurricanes have handled particular selections has been, yeah, not to my liking. So yeah, who's to know what happens with Peter or any of the other outside backs? I mean, I think Wes Hooson's off over to Scotland probably as a result of not getting consistent game time and maybe not being included in the future plans of the team. I mean, that all depends on what happens with Jason Holland moving forward, but um, we'll park that chat there. All Blacks, though, were you surprised with any of the picks? Um, I have my own thoughts, but I thought I'd let you have first go just to you give a quick summary of what you made of this afternoon's announcement. Uh, not really surprised. I thought there were some lucky players. So, and this is just, yeah, just from what I've seen. I'm surprised. Well, I am and I'm not, but I thought Coles was lucky. Uh, I mean, he only started playing, what, maybe in the last month of that. Um, so he's, he's just a walking, you know, but a physio table, that fella. But I understand them picking him because if Cody Taylor goes down, I mean, the experience drops down quite a lot with Tokiaho and Oumua. So I, I, I sort of understand that. Uh, Finlay Christie's another one. Um, I think he's a result of a team playing very well because I'm a big fan of Brad Weber. And I think he's the most unlucky one. I think even more unlucky than uh, Peronara just because I just think his form's been awesome the whole of the last three or four months. Caleb Clark, uh, he's actually missed a few games. So they're obviously picking him on the limited plays head. I'm personally not a fan of his, but, you know, I get it. And the other one, and this might upset a few people up in Auckland, but I just think uh, two of us are sheets just, you know, a work in progress. So I don't necessarily think he's been picked on form. I think he's just another... Sonny Bill Williams, who's learning his trade and they're making investment in him because the World Cup's about 18 months away or less. And I think they're looking at potential and maybe, and this might be a, this might be, I'll throw a bit of a, a spanner in the works. It could be also maybe a money thing. I have no idea what they're paying him, but I'm assuming he, they didn't get him for free or a minimum wage. So I think there's an element of that as well because I think it's the same thing with, with Sonny Bill Williams. But, um, yeah, those, those are the five people I thought that were lucky to get picked. But I understand why they got picked. Yep, I've got all of those guys noted in my selections. Um, but we'll start up the front. Kyle Tonokuafe, he was a surprise for me, given the history that the All Blacks have of leaving guys out who have noted that they're going to be leaving the country. And so I'm not sure if that was... Well, put it this way, Ethan DeGroote's missed out. Alex Hodgman was also probably an, un an unlucky one who'd been playing well in a dominant Blues forward pack. But for me, it maybe even similar to the Cole selection, it shows a bit of Foster's desperation. And I think he knows how crucial this series is going to be. And I just don't think he wants to take a punt on DeGroot, who he's said is a, li a little bit heavier than what he would have liked him to be. And like you said, with Almore and Taukeaho's inexperience, I think he wants to have two older heads or two guys who are used to those quote-unquote tougher games. But yeah, like I mean, I, I like Coles. He's obviously got um, a lot of mana and has a, um, a strong standing in that playing group. 
And so I can understand having him included. I mean, like even listening to some of the Hurricanes boys go on about him and just the lift that he brings. And even the way the Hurricanes play, that, that they seem to have a harder edge to them when he's on the field. But as you said, only playing four games this year and seemingly always going down with injury, I guess in the last couple of years at the most unopportune times, are those two guys, well, Tornak Wife is not even going to be here for the World Cup, but there was a lot of chat at the back end of last year around how old our forward pack is and maybe the need for a refresher. Um, but yeah, I think unfortunately for Foster, he knows what's on the line with the series coming up. Um, and he's just like, screw it. I've got to get through the series first and I'm going to pick my most experienced guys. Yeah, the, the Tui Nukuafi, that's a, that's a really interesting one. Because I mean, when I read this, I was like, okay, well, he's not going to get picked. You know, why, why would you pick someone who's not going to be here for the World Cup? So that one sort of stumped me a little bit. I don't, I don't really know that much about, about props, but I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd probably leave that to the experts. The only thing I'd say about the, the props and the hookers, like the front row, I'd take a leaf out of the Springboks book and just basically just get them on. So what you do is you just basically make these guys just go hard out knowing that they're going to do, you know, 40, 40 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever they do. And like instead of um, subbing guys with 20, 25 to go, almost get like a new front row on because they can be subbed back on. So if you just say to these guys, look, you just go hard out for 40 minutes, get your best scrummages on and just tell them to just go hard out for 40 minutes and then just change it at half time. I mean, it's worked for the box. So I don't see why we don't do it. Yeah, like you, I know nothing about front row play. Um, moving on though, locks. Um, there's no newcomers in that department. But had Patrick Tuipolotu been available, would you have dropped any of them? It probably would have been a toss between uh, Lord and I, but I, yeah, I mean. Would you have though? Would you have dropped either of those young bucks for him? Well, if Tuipolotu was there, I'm assuming um, he would have been playing well because the Blues are playing well. And he's experienced. He's been around for a while. Mm. And, he's, and he's got he's, what he lacks probably in, in, in the lineouts. He makes up the bulk. Uh, so that's probably the one thing that Josh would, doesn't have he doesn't have the bulk and, and but i i think it's probably not as tall so depending what you're after one of those two whichever one it was it'd be a toss but i, I they'd be they would have been silly not to uh, pick uh two pulls again i don't really know a lot about type five play so i'll leave that at that loose forwards though peter gus soakula was probably one of the the bigger names announced this afternoon. He'd obviously started the season with a hiss and a roar, but it sort of tapered off like his team towards the back end of the season. But he gets the nod ahead of his teammate, Luke Jacobson and Shannon Frizzell, who was unfortunate to go down with, I think it was a knee injury because he maybe not to the same extent as Sawakula, but started the season in great form. But for me, looking at the Lucys that they've picked, is there a risk in only carrying one genuine blindside? And I use that term loosely for Akira Iwani because I know that he started his career as a as an eight and got shifted to six because of his um, his younger teammate Hoskins Satutu. So yeah, like if Iwani goes down, who do you expect them to play at six? I think it'd be Papali because he can play all three, even though he's probably is probably his best position is, is seven. Um, but they're pretty good at, they've got pretty good cover at seven, you know, with uh, Kane, Papali, and Sevilla. 
the biggest problem with those loose forwards that I can see. No height? Uh, no, I mean, with the exception of Iwani, um, they don't have that big guy. That's why I think, and I get it because he didn't play Frizzell. I think with him not being picked, and I don't know whether that, because he's not fit, um, that option's gone, I personally think. Because, like, Ioane's, like, out of all of those big uh, sort of number six, he's the one, he's the most bruising one. Uh, Ioane's probably a bit more skillful and athletic. Uh, I don't know, so cool. Is he a six or an eight? Or he where plays, are they planning to play? Him? He plays eight for the Chiefs. I don't think he, he might have started. A couple of games. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I think six, especially with Blackout gone, I think six is their problem child. I think your obvious selection is Ioani, but I wouldn't be surprised um, if they gave Papali'i a go at six. But yeah, I, I, I just think six is their problem child because if you've, got, if you look at really the number eight options, your you first two picks at number eight is obviously severe. And then you go Satutu. Like they're both very athletic players, but they're not big bruising players. And I think that's the balance they don't have. So whether you've got Papali'i or Kane at seven, that's you know, it's one or the other, but obviously it's gonna be Kane, because he's the captain. And you're starting number eight, we all know it's gonna be severe. But if you if you wanted to pick Satutu, then um it's not like you can't pick severe. So what you do you play severe at six? And then what you've done is you've actually lost a bit of that exercise and muscle. So, again, I think you and I have talked about this, is that the All Blacks haven't been to replace uh, Kano since he retired. And, I, yeah, I, I think unless they've decided to change their game plan to play a faster game and not worry so much about bruising loose forwards or at least a bruising number six, maybe that's your option because I, 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 just, I just can't. Yeah, I just can't see where that option is without picking Frizzell. Yep, totally agree. And we might as well get this out of the way um, rather than letting it linger. Kane is captain. <laughs> I, know, I know that you've been a staunch defender of his and that he's, yeah, maybe cop some unnecessary shade. But if you look at all those other guys that got picked and arguably the guys who were omitted, Kane's form hasn't, spoke volumes or at least shown that he deserved to start to begin with and then you even have to think of his lack of versatility in comparison to everybody else that was named he's really only an open side yep oh look i i if you remember you and i talked about this and i remember saying to you and i know you've always had issues with him but i i, I told you back in in uh, 2020 i said he's going to be captain and there's, there's no way he's not going to play because if he's your captain, he's going to play. And if you remember back in 2020, he was awesome. His problem is that he's just got a long list of injuries. So he's never been that consistent. So it's like, if it's not his neck, it's his shoulder. If it's not it's his shoulder, it's something else. So his, his biggest problem is actually having consistent game time. And also, Again, it's in a funny sort of way, the number seven is the poison chalice because whoever takes that position, they're always going to be compared to McCaw. But yeah, I, I, I always knew that I was just like, yeah, I always thought he was going to get the captaincy back. And I was like, well, if he's captain, tough luck to Papa Lee. That is what it is. All I'm saying 
is that, um, and you and I have talked about this quite a lot, it's just like, well, sometimes it's better just to play the best players. And if you have to play them out of position, so be it. The main thing is that they're on the field. That's all I'm saying. If you, if you look at this list of loose forwards, that seems the most obvious thing to do. If you want to pick your best three players, then you probably go Kane, Papali'i, Sevilla. And I don't think a lot of people would argue with that, to be honest. The problem is Papali'i's not a proper six. So you think Sam Kane is still a top three Lucy in the country? Doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> He's the captain. But you just said you put your three best players on the park or, or in, in that positional grouping. And I'd argue... Well, I'd, I'd, have, I'd, 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 have to, I'd have to base that off as 2024 because he was injured all... Yeah, it's two years 2021. ago. Oh, like, hey, look, I'm, I, I'm just saying. It's just like sometimes you can't drop a guy just because he was injured. And you've got to remember he's been injured again this year. And that, well, that, no, the, that's, the mistake that, that was made when they picked him as all-black captain <laughs> in the middle of let, a pandemic. You need to let go of this. You need to let go of this. Well, me and probably about uh, another million all-black fans around the country. Maybe, yeah. maybe, but the decision's been made. And the only thing that's going to stop him getting has been the first name written down on the team sheet is injury. It is what it is. Yeah, so. You're right. You're right. But I just have to throw that out there. No, no, I think I think the thing I think that what it might change things a bit is if uh, Blackadder was fit, because he, in fact, he was probably the form loose forward in the country, and it's just a real pity he got injured because there was a lot of criticism of him last year about not being as effective at the breakdown, whether it was in the tackle or actually uh, competing for the ball. So he would be making a lot of tackles, but they actually went very um, dominant. Yeah, they weren't very dominant, whereas this year he's really, really been a lot more dominant in the tackle, and I think he could have solved that problem. But, yes, yeah, like injuries are part of the game. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. Halfback, so I know you made the mention of Christie, but I'm going to make a quick shout-out to one of my teammates, Barty Morgan, and I'm not sure where he got this from, but he'd actually mentioned to me ahead of the naming this afternoon that, he reckoned that both Christie and Vakatava were going to get the two other spots behind Aaron Smith because then that way Brad Weber and TJ Pedernada would both be eligible for the Māori All Blacks. Now, I'm not sure whether or not either of the latter two can play their way into the team with the games they have against the Irish. But yes, similar thinking to you, I think Weber is very unlucky to miss out. It's not to say that Christie's a bad player, but Weber, like if, if you if you were to break them more, if you were to break the break the top half of them down, Aaron Smith's got a pass, right? Like that's his bread and butter. Vakatava is probably his running game. Weber's the same, probably the quickest out of all of them. Piranara is the biggest and arguably the most abrasive on defense. And then Christie's sort of a jack of all trades, master of none. Steady Eddie. So, I, yeah, I actually I think, I, I actually I think Weber out of anybody like Anybody that missed the cut, he's probably the most unfortunate. Yeah, I'm, I, that, that's, um, I think there's still Aaron Smith in daylight. But for me personally, Weber is, the, is number two. I think he's, in some ways, him and Fakatava are sort of competing for that second spot, but they're, they're different types. Mm. Um, so Weber's a lot nippier, a lot quicker, uh, whereas I think Fakatava's a bit more physical. I just wonder, okay, so this is my worry about Fakatava. I wonder whether what he does at super level, he'd be able to get away with at international level. 
but you don't know until you try. Mm, I it's, think, worth, it's worth the punt. Yeah, I, I think the thing with him is what it is, is you, people look at us like, well, imagine what it'd be like behind an all-black pack, how effective it'd be. And it's like, yeah, that, that's actually a good point. But, well, you should know, considering how well our four-pack went. But I guess that, that's, but, that, but that's what I mean. So, like, if you look at the way Aaron Smith played, everything's based around just clearing the ball very, very quickly. Whereas I think Fakatava, what he does, he, he sort of roams around the fringes. So what he, what he does is that defences are, are just going to have to sort of hold off a little bit. But if you sort of remember his form at the beginning of the season, it was pretty shocking. But it came right, you know, as, as the season went on, he got better and better. I think what he is, is he's sort of like, well, he could be a point of difference come World Cup time. And again, it's going to depend on what sort of game they play. Because our forward pack is in dominance, we're going to have to sort of play, I think, a, 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 you know, a hit and run game. And so that's where Aaron Smith comes in, you know, just clear the ball. So, you know, if you're going to go with that, then consistently you probably want your three best passes, I think. That might be why Peronara is being dropped. Because if you look at the five of them, you'd probably rank him at number five for clearing the ball. But it's his abrasiveness that's always made him, you know, very effective. But maybe the All Blacks don't want to play that game. I mean, Fakatava sort of, but he's, he's, he's Fakatava sort of in between a, a Weber and a Peronata uh, with probably a better pass. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see who they pick behind Smith, whether or not they throw Vakatava straight in and see if he sinks or swims. Um, but yeah, even... I, I, yeah, I think I think the other thing with that one is, is that I think because of that, like, and I guess you can do that, you know, if, if, you, if you're fortunate enough, that they're like a, a one-two punch combination with the Highlanders. Mm. So maybe that's what they're looking at for uh, the All Blacks, probably to carry that on from Super Rugby. I see merit in that. But it's like anything, you've got guys that are a bit fleary, you know, it's a risk and reward thing. You make your bed, you know, you got to lie on it when you sort of pick someone who likes to take uh, a bit of a risk. But yeah. Well, the All Blacks need um, as much rubber the green against those bigger teams as they can possibly get. And like you said, he has shown he can be that point of difference at the super level. Um, and there's only one way to find out if it translates with the big boys. But I also thought I'd make a note that both him and Smith are the only All Blacks that have been named out of the Highlanders squad. Yeah, didn't go much better with only having three guys picked. Can you remember off the top of your head where a team had that few All Blacks named? Well, if you if you look at last year for the Highlanders, I think they only had three: Smith, Frizzell, De Groot, and De Groot. I think they were the only three from the Highlanders, if I remember. So I'm not surprised by the Highlanders, uh, the Hurricanes. Yeah, the Hurricanes have struggled. So I, I'm not surprised. I mean, if you if you look at the results, the results table, and then you look at the makeup of the squad hmm. from the five franchises, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. You, you couldn't argue who's been picked from which franchise. Mm-hmm. Sweet. All right. On to the playmakers. I mean, Mwanga and Barrett, no surprises there. But Pedro Feta. Slips in as the third choice 10. Um, and for me, I'm not sure about you, but I saw it as a possible indication that Damian McKenzie's not going to be resigning. Maybe. Well, if you think about it, right? So 
It seems but like why, it, why? And, and 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 Ian Foster's regime, they're only going to win one of them on the field, at least to start with. That being Barrett and Moonga, so he's got to pick out of either one of them. And I, I, you think that Barrett has um, the inside running because he's probably played better than Moonga this year. But you know that might all be disproven this weekend if the Crusaders can beat them. But back to my point. If you have one of them starting, the other one's on the bench. So there's no real need to have another playmaker on the bench, which takes away McKenzie. And is McKenzie thinking like, well, I'm earning a million bucks in Japan. It's probably less harsh on my body. And I can always come back after the next World Cup. How is old is he been, though? He's only, like, he's only 26, I think. 27 max. So he comes <laughs> back 28. Yeah, Richie Mwang has already said that he's going to be taking a sabbatical. Bowden Barrett's probably not going to be playing in the country after France next year. So McKenzie's probably like, you know, why don't I earn an extra million bucks and then come back when, you know, no one has a hand on that 10 jersey? Yeah, but if you think about it, if you remember back in 2019, you know, so they, they had the same thing about they thought that you know, Moonga might struggle and then McKenzie got injured. All it's going to take is for one of those two to get injured and that's not beyond the realms of possibility. And if McKenzie's gone, then we're fucked. So I I, I think the rugby union would be, I, I think they should do whatever they can and say, hey, please come back for next year, you know, and we'll give you whatever you want within reason um, because all it's going to take is for one of those two to go down. Uh, you know, it'd be, yeah, yeah, it'd be like if uh, Aaron Smith went down. So the insurance policy in a funny sort of way, Aaron Smith went down, is still Peranata, just based on experience. So if Mwonga goes down or Barrett goes down, we're down to one first five with experience. So I would do whatever I could to get McKenzie back, even though I'm not a fan of his first five. But he, but he's just that. got that. No, but, but what I'm saying is he's got that versatility and he's got that, you know, that just that, Risk, uh, not risk. Yes, but he's, he's a game breaker. He's a game breaker. Yeah, he's got that X factor. So I, I just think first was too important position to not. It's like one of those things you know when you, you know these days when you're picking squads, you've got to pick the three halfbacks, you've got to pick three first fives, and you've got you've got the luxury of having Barrett and McKenzie being able to cover fullback. Um, so that way you can sort of like I mean you've just got you've got you've got so many options for fullback, which is sort of good. So you can even afford to chuck you know like Will Jordan on the wing. And we'll, we'll get to those guys. But, you know, what I, mean? I, I just think um, the rugby union would be silly not to contract them for next year. But that's just my take. Yeah. But, I mean, money talks. And like you said, if or like I said, if neither one of those two gets injured, McKenzie's just going to be carrying tackling bags. Yeah, but... At least in the games that matter. But you've got to remember back to... you remember what happened in 2011? Yeah, I know. We ended up with, we ended up with Stephen Donald. And he won us the world cup apparently you know what i mean it's just like we're just one injury away from like oh shit what now i was just going to so, say on peter fetter as well though it, it is and again this is just my opinion he's been playing his best rugby at fullback right and he's been kicking the goals and that's probably helped take the pressure pressure off Bowden barrett but in the games that i've watched the blues where he's had to run the show where he started at 10 not the same player now you mean not the same as Bowden Barrett or not the same player at fullback? Well, he's not you the mean. same player. Well, he's neither. And I just I just don't think he's a 10. So the idea of picking him as their third choice 10, 
I think they've obviously just picked him because of how well he's been playing and the fact that he has played 10 in the past and maybe similar to his teammate RTS, who I'll get to in a minute, um, they see as could potentially being a project, worst case scenario. But yeah, I was surprised that they included him in the 10s when he hasn't really been playing 10. They started the season with Harry Plummer at 10. What does that say? So Harry Plummer would have been picked? No, but what I'm saying is, is that if the All Blacks see him as their third best option. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, so what you got to do is look at, okay, so if the number three option if he was available was McKenzie, then McKenzie's a, McKenzie's a 10-15. So if you're going to go with that logic, who's your next best 10-15? Pedro Fetta. Obviously, he's, oh, he's not he's not Damien McKenzie, but logic would tell you. This is like, okay, if they're looking for someone along the lines of McKenzie, then Pedro Fetta would be the next, next choice. Fair enough. Um, RTS, I mean, unsurprising the fact that he got picked, but yeah, it is arguable whether or not his form warranted selection. Um, and, you, and you've already said, you know, him being a project, he's going to put bums in seats, potentially it's a money thing. But who was unfortunate to miss out with him getting picked, in your opinion? Well, it depends because, let's see, the problem for our midfield is 12 because there's no Leonard Brown. And Leonard Brown is good enough to cover second five and centre. So when you've got Leonard Brown, he's going to be your ball player. And it's then you, who do you work around him? So if, if you say, for example, it's uh, Rico Ioane, I guess Rico Ioane. Um, they could go back to Jack Goodhue. So I, I don't know. I'll tell you the one I'm surprised they picked, and it might be because... Uh, Leonard Brown went down and Tuivasa Sheik still knew. I actually thought they wouldn't pick Havili. Just basically because he became the scapegoat at the end of last year for all the problems in the backline last year. You know, a lot of people had, had a go at him saying, oh, he's not up to it at international level, you know, and it got physical and stuff like that. So I half expected him not to get picked. I still rate him. And I just wonder whether he's maybe fortunate to get picked because I got a feeling if Leonard Brown was available, I got a feeling he would have been the one that missed out. I think they still would have picked Tuivasa Sheik. Um, Quintu Pai, I think that he's um, someone they've invested money in because he's young. So I think he's one of the future. I think Harvili would have been the sacrificial lamb there. But because Leonard Brown's out, um, he's been picked. So. You know, are they are they going to maybe put their trust back in Harvey again, or are they going to play Goodhue at second five? I don't know. Or whether they take the risk and just chuck Tuivasa Sheik in there, the deep end. I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess we have to wait and see what happens. But yeah. I was nah, also twelve's twelve, a problem. Twelve's a problem. Well, I was going to say as well, given the way they picked the squad, because I don't, I don't know how many games Jack Goodhue ended up getting under his belt. And he'll get another one this weekend, but I wouldn't say it's that many more than half a dozen. And you know, he, he's he's played okay. Like he hasn't sort of jumped out at me. He's definitely been picked on his prior experience in the All Blacks. But just my thinking off the top of my head, if Rico Iwani goes down, he's our only centre. Nah, they'll put Jack Goodhue there. No, no, that's no, that's what I mean. So I'm not necessarily sure as well whether or not. Jack Goodhue warranted selection based on form. If we're throwing that Sega argument at Tui Vasa Sheik, 
But I think what Jack Goodhue has going from is that wall with Anton Leonard Brown out, I'm probably the only other guy you can trust playing center. Not in this, oh, oh, hang on. Oh, although, highly unlikely, but he's got form and a little bit of pedigree. Fanganuku. Fanganuku. It's a big call to make for a guy who's just... I'm not saying he's... Well, not saying he's again, I like him. Um, and we can use that to roll into our outside backs. Um, he's the only new one, or he was the last of the six new caps. And he put together a, another strong Super Rugby season. I think he's played well in each of the years that he's been with the Crusaders. He arguably could have been picked last year, given his point of difference as more of a power outside back when you compare him to a Will Jordan or a George Bridge. But yeah, I wonder whether or not they're solely looking at him as a winger or as potentially a 13 option, worst case scenario, or long-term. He's he's another version of Caleb Clark. And if you remember, Caleb Clark actually was a censor, uh, but I think he ended up on the wing, I think maybe because whoever was playing sense of lose or blah, 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 or because he was young, yeah, he ended up on the wing, but he was actually a, a centre, Caleb Clark, but they sort of chucked him on the wing. I think those two are very, very similar. So um, I think they'll probably start off with Clark. But if you look at Foreman, again, it might be, I don't know whether it's because he's playing for a good team, but um, I, I, I like the look of Whanganuk. I just think he's been in that Crusaders environment. Uh, he just he play. I think he plays very smart rugby. You know, he's he's a big bugger, uh, but he just doesn't play with brawn. I think he's he's, he's actually got a bit of finesse to his game, eh? I think so. I, I think I think so too. And um, I think he's just that he's just consistently getting picked, and he just consistently keeps performing to the point where you know you got someone like George Bridge who was an All Black last year, and he can't even start for the Crusaders. And he was one of the ones that missed out. In fact, yeah, along with Braden Enel, those were the two outside backs or midfield outside backs that missed out. So, I mean, that shows you how much depth there is in the Crusaders, is that those guys can't even get starting positions for the Crusaders. So how are you going to pick them for the All Blacks? So, but I think my big, my big question for these outside backs is that, okay. Yeah, what's the combination? Uh, well, yeah, there's a combination, but I was just like, okay, who do you play at 15? Well, that depends who you play at 12, for me. Okay. But he's been selected as an outside back. I know he's been selected as an outside back. But, okay, I, I mentioned this to my mate Nick last week. If you start Bowden at 10 and you play Will Jordan at 15, well, no, sorry. Let me revise that. Jordy Barrett's got to be on the park if his brother's playing. Bowden, that is. Because well, so he doesn't have the goal kick. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, though, right? Is that the sole reason you'd pick him? Not because no, 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 no. But what what I'm saying is that if you want to have your best players on the field, I would play him at twelve because there's nobody who's played twelve over the past 12, 18 months. Maybe outside of Jack Goodhue, who has done a decent job there against top tier opposition. So I'm excluding the Australians from that. And then by playing him at twelve, you get Will Jordan at the back where you'd hope that he'd be able to take all the form and all the awesomeness and all the tries that he's been scoring for the Crusaders and plug that in. You then get to have Severi Reese on one wing, and then you can add a 
another bit of size, whether you want to go with Clark or Whanganuku. And for me, that's not necessarily a bad thing because not only are you getting the requisite size at 12 and the goal kicking in Jordy Barrett, you're playing Will Jordan in his most comfortable position. And then you have two big wingers and then you have the strike player at center as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I see where you're going, but I would, I would go further than that. And I think you and I had this conversation. I've always talked about this theory and this is what the Aussies used to do back in the day is that because they didn't have the depth of the All Blacks, they would just basically pick their best seven backs. So if that meant guys who were midfielders playing on the wing, you played them on the wing, but you just had your best players on the field. So I would go one further than you, is that I would actually have Moong at first five, Geordie Barrett at second five, Chuck Bowden Barrett at fullback, and Chuck Will Jordan on the wing. That's my take, but that's my theory is that you just get your best players. Because you've also got to look at, you've got, you've got to be careful with wingers these days because the, all of the box kicking that's done. So if you have, if you have Will Jordan on the wing, that covers the high ball. The risky run with having guys like Caleb Ralph and Whanganuku is like they will get tested under the high ball and the box kicks just become you know just part of the game now i mean I, I think it's overused it's just a tactic that because of the rules and because of the fences it's just so overused maybe out of necessity or maybe teams haven't figured it out um well, teams are just reluctant to, to run it out of their own half well possibly but but that's what i mean is it's like so you know you're going to go back to the days back like in 2011 the all blacks basically picked wingers so they picked richard kahui and, and Corey jane on the wings because they were awesome under the high ball. And I think it's gone back to those days again, unfortunately. Uh, so as much as you've got these big bulking wiggers like Whanganuku and Caleb Ralph, they'll get tested under the high ball. And it's like, I, I mean, they might do okay, but you've got, you got a bit more of an insurance policy with having Will Jordan on the wing. And even even though he didn't get picked, but that that's, that's I guess, one of the reasons George Bridge was picked, because... He was a fullback come winger and he was going to run the high ball. But that's that's just my take. It's just like, get your best players on the field. I like the theory, but it'll never happen. I know. <laughs> but that's why my, my team's going to be unbeaten. So, um, well, because, that, 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 because it never comes together. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But that's what I'm saying. It's just like, you know, just pick your best players. Like, if, if you think about it, they, they did away with that um, Wonga Barrett. Um, combination because it failed at the World Cup. Well, it didn't fail at the World Cup. Well, it did. We lost. It wasn't because of those two, and everyone knows that. So, I don't know. I don't know why they said that was failed because it worked against the Springboks. If you think about it, when they beat the Springboks in pool play, and when they demolished the Irish as well, it just came up. They just came up against a really, really awesome England Ford pack that. They just strangled them. So it's like you can't blame Moonga and, and Barrett for that or whoever was playing where. That's stupid. No, but I think what it, no, I but was you always what, a defender of it. Yeah, but I, I, you know what happened is I think what happened is that after that, I think Barrett basically said to either the union or the coaches, saying, nah, you picked me at 10. And if I was all black coach, I was going, really? We'll see about that. No, I'm not saying, you know, he shouldn't be 10, but what I'm saying is like, like if you, For the betterment you I, of the team, yeah. I, yeah, get I mean, you and I have had this conversation. It's just like, I think as an all-round player, just skills in that, 
Barrett's probably the better player, but Morgan's still the better first five, as far as I'm concerned. So it's like you pick your best first five at first five. And like Bowden Barrett said, if you chuck him at fullback, he can just be just as effective. But again, my, again, my team will be unbeaten. No, I hear, but just like Sam Kane not being the first name on the team sheet, <laughs> it's never going to happen as long as Ian Foster's I know, in I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but on that note, we'll look to wrap this up. Thank you very much, Dad, for joining me once again. Um, it's always good to chat some code with you. Um, and if Ian Foster, you know, if you are listening and you <laughs> find yourself down 2-0 against the Irish, hey, why not throw all of your best players on the field? That's all, that's all I ask for. That's all I ask for. You know, well, that's the thing. I was just saying, it's just like, you know, you've got how many tests until the next World Cup? 18 tests or something like that. It's like, why not? Maybe. 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 All right, we'll leave that there. Thanks, Dad. Uh, no, no, me, Moira. <laughs> <laughs>